Hello, everyone, and welcome to a special edition of the I Hear Design podcast. This is Robert Yaminen, Chief Content Director for Interiors and Sources, and today's episode is brought to you by Acuity Brands Lighting. So I once read somewhere that good lighting doesn't just happen, it's designed, and I think I can attest to that statement. So well-designed architectural lighting in commercial environments is so important to support not only aesthetics, but also occupant comfort and a number of other functional considerations as well. And architectural lighting has advanced tremendously over the years, and there are some interesting trends happening right now that I think you'll appreciate hearing about in today's podcast. And to help take us uh, a deeper dive into this topic, I have two special guests with me today. So Tim O'Brien is the VP of Architectural Ambient Lighting, and Donna Sumner, Director of Product Marketing for Acuity Brand. Donna and Tim, thanks for joining me. Oh, you're welcome. Thank you very much, Robert. So, Great to be here. Yeah, absolutely. We, we love having you guys on. So for our listeners out there who may not be uh, very familiar with Acuity Brands, can you tell them just a little bit about the company and what you guys do for the commercial design market? Yeah, absolutely. So Acuity Brands is a, it's about a $3.5, $3.6 billion um, company that, that, that makes everything from building control systems to lighting control systems, HVAC control systems. Um, but the, the biggest portion of the business is really uh, manufacturing luminaires. Um, so we're the largest luminaire manufacturer in, in, in North America, um, and, and we make everything from, you know, residential downlighting to uh, emergency and exit luminaires um, to you know, industrial luminaires, outdoor and roadway. And then what Donna and I are really uh, involved with is um, a specification grade architectural um, interior and exterior commercial luminaires. Right. Well, perfect. That's exactly what we want to talk about today. So why don't we move into our to our topic of discussions? Um, as I've mentioned in the intro there, um, there's some there's been some pretty interesting trends happening right now in architectural lighting. Uh, can you tell our listeners a little bit uh, more about that? Yeah, sure. I think um, it'd be no surprise to your listeners to talk about um, what we we talk about internally as a mega trend, which is the open office environment. Um, Open office and exposed ceilings have now converged into, you know, many, many of the spaces that we see today. And, and with that, right, has brought many challenges um, that designers are looking for the luminaire to solve. So what you see here in the last couple of years is integration of things like onto luminaires for those spaces to try and help mitigate the loss of ceiling in terms of acoustical quality. Mm -hmm. um, where are those spaces too, what you have when you remove an acoustical ceiling is now you create a cavity that is large and grand, which is the desired effect. But the challenges with that is many times there's lots of nooks and crannies, shadowing and darkness. So within the luminaire, um, the trend is to try and balance the darkness of that ceiling with the bright illumination in those spaces mm -hmm. so you start to hear uh, and see things um and discussions around things like well standard right which is a collection of guidelines for illuminance recommendations um, in these occupied states to help mitigate problems like glare and flicker um, that some of these new trends have created right on another side of that controls has also become increasingly important um, in those spaces and energy codes continue to push us to expand 
how controls are integrated into luminaires and into the space. Title 24 in California has always led the way in this in terms of energy conservation and how um, to save energy within spaces with multiple zones of control to harvest daylighting, for example, to make sure occupancy, um, you know, in times of occupancy you have light, but when there's no one there, you're saving energy. Things continue uh, to be trends and things that push us as manufacturers to innovate within our product lines. Sure. Tim, did you want to add anything to yeah, that? Yeah, no, I mean, I think what Donna said is, is definitely spot on. Um, the other thing we see is, you know, since we've transitioned, I mean, everything we sell today is really based on, you know, in an LED source. Mm -hmm. And so if you go back 10 or 15 years in the design space, um, you know, you were, you were limited by, by the source. I mean, you could only do so many things with a fluorescent tube. Um, and now that we have LEDs, it, it um, illumination, right? How we want to light the space, how the designer wants to light the space. In any kind of design space today, um, they have tremendous amount of freedom and, um, and they're using that and taking advantage of it. Uh, so we see much more complex uh, systems being in designed in a space today, much, much more complex um, than we did 10 or 15 years ago. Right. Yeah. How are these trends impacting what they do then on a day-to-day -day basis? Right. It, it would be um, tone deaf for us not to talk about the increasing concerns and the expectations of the lighting system, that lighting that supports human health and well-being, right? I mean, we're, we're seeing, you know, time in our country today where those concerns are much more highlighted than they were, let's say, last year this time. Mm -hmm. So understanding how how lighting can address the health and well-being of occupants within that space, again, is nothing new. This is something that Peerless has done and thought about for a long time in terms of glare and, and mitigation of glare, which can create headaches and other things for the occupants. Mm -hmm. But evidence-based design and in terms of things like circadian lighting is now coming to the to the forefront as more and more research starts to starts to come forward and the industry as a whole starts to coalesce around an approach. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, I think Donna and I both share the opinion that um, you know we, we've seen this tremendous transition in lighting and luminaire design in the last ten years how we think about a luminaire, um, but likely that's just the beginning. Um, you know, the people like uh, LRC and, and up in, you know, in, uh, in Troy, New York, Rensselaer, and people out of UC Davis, and there's studies going on all over the country about, you know, what, what, what circadian does, what it means, what is proper lighting, how is it uh, better for us? And so, you know, we're, we're really kind of, you know, what LEDs have allowed us to do is really uh, transition to a digital uh, infrastructure, right? So, you know, it was very common in years past to, to just, we're, we're, we're based off an analog system. That's what lighting was, right? It was an analog system. LEDs have allowed us to, to go to a digital infrastructure. So, mm -hmm. you know, we, we, we're designing luminaires today where that infrastructure goes all the way through the luminaire. And that allows, that gives you such freedom uh, to what you want to do, how you want to control the luminaire, what you want to do with it. 
um, you know, the luminaire becomes almost uh, the backbone or a vehicle to do uh, many different things. Um, and as we learn, and, and to Don's point, we need evidence. Um, you know, we, we, I think the, the world, we've just begun to change in the world of lighting. Right. Yeah. Yeah. And I'm glad you brought that up as far as, you know, the digital infrastructure there. So I wanted to ask also, like, what are the benefits of switching to digital lighting technology versus the analog? And are there some challenges into, you know, getting that implemented? Yeah. So there are tremendous challenges. I mean, just, just through our history, we've been, we, we thought in analog terms, right? Mm -hmm. And we thought about the luminaire itself as, you know, providing light, right? Well, once we transition to a digital infrastructure, um, now it's just a matter of what sensors, what software, what we want to do with that luminaire. Uh, we're designing fixtures, luminaires today that, you know, if if you want a 3K uh, color temperature or 5K color temperature, you want a tunable system, the basic infrastructure, the material that you make it out of doesn't change. All you're doing is uh, setting a, uh, a value in firmware, right? So now color tuning becomes, you know, it's, it's inherent. It's an eight, an eight in, in the design itself. And then you layer on different things, different sensors. Um, so it gives capabilities that can really help somebody think about the space and what it wants to be. I mean, we could easily, easily, um, in, within that digital infrastructure and our capabilities, um, set up uh, alerts and alarms so that if two people are closer than six foot together, um, we, we, can, we can detect that, right? Or if you're gathering and there's eight people gathering in a conference room, we know that eight people are in the conference room. Um, you know, so the capabilities, once you go digital uh, from the network to the luminaire itself, to the sensors that are integral to that luminaire, uh, you, you can do so much. And so, yeah, that's what I think is exciting about where we are today, right? Is, you know, we've changed the LEDs, you know, that's been made a big impact on our, in our world and how we think of design and space and energy consumption. But what lies ahead is, is orders of magnitude more impactful for, than that. Yeah, definitely. Donna, did you want to weigh in on, on that as far as like the benefits of, of uh, switching to, to digital? <laughs> Yeah, I mean, one of, one of the great benefits, right, is now now the product, um, the, the digital technology enables the product to become much more modular than it ever was, right? Um, mm -hmm. Because everything happens in firmware, how you how you put that product together uh, into runs or patterns and configurations of the job site doesn't really matter because each one can be whatever it wants to be because you tell it to be, right? Mm -hmm. um, but this does you know, is it enables the lighting designer to do what they love to do, uh, to be creative and not worry so much about the level of complexity they're designing into the job, because that digital infrastructure within the luminaire removes a ton of complexity. I don't have to worry about where my emergency is on that on that run. I can tell it where it is after the fact. Um, if the contractor installs that section that I want to be um, controlled by occupancy in the middle of the run instead of in the front of the run where I wanted it worked in the field. So um, having digital integration fully through the luminaire really is freeing um, and will save a lot of time on, on uh, construction administration and other tasks. 
another key point that I that I think is often missed is that when you go digital, um, everything now is at the circuit board level, and the main points of failure, many of them have been removed because um, there's increased, um, you know, some of, most of the points of failure within Luminaire historically have been at the driver with the heat source um, and the power transfer um, within the driver itself because it's very hot. Um, when you have a digital bus and you're powering it um, through, that heat is removed from the system, uh, eliminating things that cause failure. So it just makes a more robust, solid, dependable uh, system systems that, that just make your job easier, my opinion. Right. Yeah, definitely. And uh, you mentioned that, you know, the, that these systems can help designers uh, be creative. Like, so how can Illuminaires help them create a sense of space and, and exercise creativity? Oh, great question. So, um, like we talked about with um, open ceiling and open space design, which we see a lot uh, today, you know, you just have a big volume of space and designers want to be creative creative and they want to take that occupant on a journey through the space right they don't want to just dump them off in a big open area and say all right well you figure out where to go um, designing and visual cues is part of their job uh, wayfinding uh, even creating surprise along the way so how do you create unique environments within an open field um, historically the way that you would design that in is all right, well, I have a big open ceiling spaces. You know, right here, this conversational area, maybe it's my lobby within that space. I want to drop an acoustical cloud, right? It's not really part of the fabric here, but I'm going to drop an acoustical cloud there. And immediately what happens is you go, oh, this space is different. Let me figure out what's happening here. We've been exploring a the idea of what if what if it's not an acoustical cloud that gets dropped but what if a luminaire can be utilized to create that sense of space so and provide the light so now you've eliminated um, piece of construction which is cost replace it with a luminaire that enables the occupant to go this place has been brought down to my scale provides a beautiful amount of light um, and makes place. And it can be done with large scale fixtures or even a beautiful decorative fixture dropped right over the table, right? You know exactly what to do because you see it. You see it and understand the visual hierarchy created. And it can be done with patterns and different things like that. So um, when we design luminaires, we need to think about how they're used, not only just provide light, but how they're used to create those visual moments within an environment. And I think uh, that's the fun part of my job is, is thinking about lighting in that way. Yeah, definitely. So can you point to a few examples of uh, lighting solutions that have been deployed that illustrate some of the concepts we've been talking about? Um, yeah, so a um, new product from Peerless um, called Rena. Rena is a modular system that def definitely leverages this idea of a whole digital platform and all the benefits that you get from that. Um, Rena at its base can be a very simple linear luminaire. 
just simple and clean with good visual comfort and good indirect illumination. Or rent it can be put together in such a way where it creates a dynamic moment within that space. And um, it can move in three directions, right? So if you think about modular units um, that are, you know, two, four, and eight feet long, uh, you can move them along and then go out eight feet. Maybe I start vertically on a wall and I come up that wall with a luminaire and then I take a 90 degree turn and extend myself out into the three dimensional space. And then I take a left turn and then I turn down 45 degrees and move around and curve. Um, so if you think about piping, it sort mm -hmm. of can do that within that space and create this flow and movement and a three-dimensional sculpture. So it in and of itself starts to organize space, create a moment of artistic expression within that space and really make something very unique for that designer. It, was, it came out of their mind it's their statement on on how that space is organized and um, those visual moments are created. But it was all done with standard luminaires. Nothing custom, no waiting for for unique products to come off of the production floor. It was all done with standard components in a system that allowed them to use their creativity and putting it together how they like much like Tinker Toys or uh, Legos even, right? It's a singular brick, but I can make untold thousands of things with it. Right. And that, that's the type of product that, that we have been uh, working on. Uh, Rena is a, is a great example of that. Right, yeah. so, so I mean, it's tough to add to that, um, but you know, the, the, the emphasis here, just as Donna said is, you know, the designer can sit down, they can, they can create something that's unique, um, that's three-dimensional, and because of the, you know, the, 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 the control architecture, because of the way we power Luminaire, because of um, the modularity of it, um, there's, there's really nothing custom. And, and custom, custom is, whenever you get into a project and you want something that's custom, that's complexity that has to be managed all the way installing contractors and it's very expensive right so the freedom to think through what what that does the freedom that the designer has to think through what they want in that space um, was oftentimes limited by budget or by you know the complexity of the install and now we're getting to a world where they can just there's free expression right so if they can think it um, you know it can be done and, and and it's not a hugely complex uh, build yeah, that's very cool. Um, so where can the, our listeners go to uh, find out more information about some of the products you guys just mentioned? Um, so you just Google Fearless Lighting, take you right mm -hmm. to the website, we have beautiful pages around this, this idea of modular, modularity and the RENA product that Donna was just talking about. Uh, mm -hmm. Mark Lighting is another one. Uh, we've just introduced a very small form factor uh, product that, that utilizes the same technology. And then we're also responsible for Hydrel, which makes, you know, the best in-grade exterior luminaires in, in the world, uh, Winona lighting, um, healthcare lighting, and, um, and luminaire LED, uh, which is confinement vandal resistant lighting. So 
any one of those, we have the pages set up, just Google them and uh, explore. All right, great. Well, thank you again, uh, Tim and Donna, both for being here. It's been great talking to you. Oh, thank you. Thank you, Robert. Well, great. And for our listeners out there, thank you again as well for tuning in. Uh, we'll see you next time. And as always, be well, everyone.